Changing the Sales Game on webtalkradio.com. Thanks for joining us this week. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. Now, as you listen to the show, listen, I totally get, right, 40 years in sales, that word sales sometimes throws us into a little bit of a tailspin where we feel like, oh, am I being pushy? Oh, I'm unsure of myself. So to help you on your journey, changing your mindset about sales, please go to the show notes. I have a link for you for my free communication style assessment. It's my gift to you. The idea is you take the assessment and you see what your natural communication superpowers are, how you show up, more importantly, how people perceive you. Flip side, you get your lowest score, you'll get a report, which really shines a light on, I think, a blind spot of how people are receiving you that communicate 100% or 180 degrees differently than you. So again, link is in the show note, my show notes, my gift to you. Now, my motivational quote today to set the stage for the conversation between my guest and I is by Peter Drucker. And he says, the most important thing in communication is hearing what isn't said. Now, I learned early on um, that my body language spoke to my clients, I think, more, typically more than my words did. You could see I'm very animated. And they reacted to me based on how open or closed my body was in receiving or receiving um, the responses from me. Now, here are some stats on how others process our messaging. And that's why the communication style is a useful tool. of our communication with other humans is perceived or processed through our body language or what we call nonverbals. 38% of communication or perception of others is through our tone of voice, which leaves 7%, which isn't a whole heck of a lot, which is the word 7%. So today my guest is, and she's an expert on this whole thing. I can't wait for this episode. It's Rachel Rachel Kosser. Now, Rachel is a leader in nonverbal communication and a leadership present facilitation. As a form as a former nationally ranked athlete and professional ballet dancer, Rachel has a knack for translating unique skills into relatable business skills and competencies. Virtual Sapiens comes as an evolution of Rachel's combined work as a founder of Choreography for Business, a nonverbal communication consulting firm. She's a faculty member with Mobius Executive Leadership and a leadership presence facilitator with Ariel Group. Now, Rachel's worked with leaders from places like GE, BCG, Pfizer, Accenture, I've never heard of them, McKinsey, HBS, and more. Now, she and her team at Virtual Sapiens are excited to open a world of access regarding one of the most human and essential skills in business, communication. Amen, Rachel. Thanks for coming on the show. I'm really excited about today's uh, conversation. Thanks, Connie, for having me. That's quite the introduction. I feel like there are so many tongue twisters in there unintentionally. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. I'm good at this, right? I I hesitated a couple of times. Here's the funny thing, though, because I am very animated. um, And I'll just share a really quick, actual funny story. When I first got into sales in my early 20s, they recorded us so that we can watch how we presented, right? Which I think was a great tool back then. And I remember it was me and another young guy. We were in training and Rachel, it was so funny. They showed the video of, you know, of us presenting so that we could help each other. And I remember looking at him saying, do I really move that much? And he's like, have you met you? 
it was, I was mortified that I had no idea how animated I was in sharing my messages. So of course, through the years I've worked on that, but my energy is high. It's very hard to reel in. And here's the other thing that I've learned, and and I'm curious to hear your take on this. I've learned that that's one of my superpowers and that I really, again, I try, I'm not like a crazy person animated, you know, nutso, but I really try to control it, but not to the extent where it inhibits me being me. Um, but, But for me, I think it's a superpower. I don't know. What is your take on that? You bring up a really interesting and an important point, which is this question of authenticity within communication, right? And when we start to get or receive coaching and training and feedback on the way we communicate, we can start to grapple with, well, this is how I communicate naturally. And this is how I've been communicating my whole life. And this is me. And then you have a coach or you have potentially some software that's like, oh, well, you could tweak these things. Maybe, you know, you're using so many hand gestures and it's becoming a little distracting, and like accelerating your speech. And if you reduce that a little bit, you know, you could maintain a little more composure, gravitas, confidence, authority, all these amazing things that of course you might want. Um, but there, as you said, there's always a fine line between, right? If, if you think of this energy or expression, uh, as a spectrum, and if you're at like a 10 out of 10 on expressiveness, that's amazing. Um, most people are at like a three out of 10. Right. And so it can be helpful sometimes to be able to like bring up the gauge and lower the gauge, depending on who it is you're talking to, the context, what's appropriate. Right. And, and video in and of itself brings in some really interesting, uh, limitations, but also opportunities. Right. When we think about the way we communicate there as well. So it's like, how do you, how do you find your authentic self through these different channels of communication? And how do you leverage? the body language, the vocal, the verbal. And it's important. And it's funny because I remember, you know, when I was, it worked for a bank corporate, I was in the wealth management area as a financial advisor. And I remember my first client, you know, who has the millions of dollars that I was dealing with, they were elders at the time, you know, this was in the eighties. And I remember sitting and I move fast. Well, elders, they process information much slower as they age, right? It's just the functionality of our brain. And I remember within five minutes, I thought they look like deer in headlights. Mm-hmm. So I immediately took a deep breath. I tried to with mirroring, right? You know what that is, right? So I mirrored their breathing to bring down my energy because that's what they needed from me. So I was still very much me. I was still my, my jovial self, but you see how I just lowered my energy just now. Mm-hmm. I had to do that. Otherwise I never would have made a living um, with elders. So I think we have to be mindful. I think we have to practice it for sure. But I think sometimes when you want people to feel your energy, like I go gangbusters with my body language because I, I want people to feel the message more than just hear it. So I think when you, when you start to learn and get control of that, you can really leverage and play into it. Mm -hmm, Definitely. And it goes back to that quote you shared from Peter Drucker earlier. Um, If you're able to listen to some of the ways that people you're interacting with are showing up, so you're not just listening to what they're saying and the percentage of speak share or whatever you're, you're actually seeing, like, how, how are they what is their presence like? Are like, where do they show up on these different continuums of communication? And how can I 
put them more at ease or, you know, whether you have to raise things or, or lower. Um, but that's a, speaking of superpowers. If you have a deep understanding and awareness of that uh, and a control over the way you show up, like that is a total superpower. It, it really is. But here's the thing. It can be learned. It could be practiced you know, videotape yourself on Zoom doing a presentation, for instance. We have so many more resources than when I was coming up through the ranks to be mindful of these things. But, it, you know, our bodies really do speak volumes. And I, when I train, I say, do you know what your body is saying to your clients? Because they're feeling you. And, you know, most of our communication is at the subconscious, right? That, that energetic level. So we really do have to be mindful and say, well, it's just the way I am. Well, I could have said that, but mm-hmm. that wouldn't have made me successful because mm-hmm. people would have been like, she moves too fast. She's crazy. So we have to find what that barometer is. And I like how you positioned it as a spectrum so that, and it's funny because um, I remember recently I I was training live in New Hampshire and one of the young men stayed and he said, have you practiced NLP, neuro-linguistic programming? And I said, yes, I have studied that. Why? And he goes, you're the master of it. And I said, why? And I don't even think about it. I, he goes, you sped up, you slowed down. You raised your voice, you lowered your voice. You got up and moved, and then you sat down at points. He said, you played with, and I like your word, spectrum of mm-hmm. mobility, vocals, all of eye contact, all of those things. So we have to look at who's in the room and because some people have my energy level, some people don't, right? Just like you. So you have to monitor who's in the audience when you're speaking to not just one person, right? Which is a little bit even more challenging. I like that idea of the spectrum. I never had thought about it um, in that way, but we can up, 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 upgrade lower, right? Go along that spectrum fairly easily once we understand this topic, right? Definitely. Yeah, I love it. You know, this is like one of my, when Rachel and I first met, I, I was like, oh my God, body language. Like to me, yeah. that was like, nobody talks about body language. And yet it's so potent in how we show up both with family, friends, uh, business, whatever it might be. All right. So here's a million dollar question I have to ask you. How did you move from being a ballet dancer to a nonverbal communicator expert? Um, and now obviously the, the, um, you're the CEO of this virtual sapien, which is an AI company. So share with us because this is a cool story. Definitely. And it's when you jump from like ballerina to CEO of an AI company, you're like, no, I don't, I don't see it at all, but it's actually, it is a logical journey, right? When you are a ballet dancer, the entire spectrum of your communication is nonverbal, right? We're one of the few art forms that expresses exclusively without the use of words, right. In a performative way. Yes. And, um, and so my whole career was in communicating and expressing to audiences across the globe in a nonverbal way. And when I retired and I got a job actually at Harvard in the fundraising offices, and I just immediately had this like dancer filter where I was like, wow, like there's so people are kind of trudging through their day and um, meeting with very high level prospects and, and donors. And there's so much that is being communicated that maybe they're not realizing when it comes to the way they're showing up, right? Like they're so eloquent with their word choice. Like they know exactly how to spin the narrative, but like, you know, the posture or the way they're engaging with their face or hand gestures was kind of a miss. So I started developing my own body of work when it came to translating some of the skills I had as a dancer onto this more corporate world. Um, And then I started studying nonverbal communication and understanding 
all of the science and, and neurology uh, or neuroscience behind it. And, um, and that, that was, that was where choreography for business came out of. And I was consulting in that space. And then of course, when the pandemic happened, it was like, okay, well, video, like if people were having a hard time really communicating in a fully aware way in person, yeah. video is going to be a big challenge. Right. So, um, yeah. so it was, I saw an opportunity to, like, I saw a challenge, but I also saw an opportunity to leverage AI and technology to provide greater access to some of the feedback that I was giving and having to repeat a lot. Right. I was like, there's no reason why AI and some of these machine learning models can't do some of this coaching for people with more scale, with more personalization and with more convenience. Yeah. And, and the end result, right. Is better return on time and money uh, because we're perfecting again, this very subconscious, but it's there. And, and, you know, it's like the, the, um, I won't say it because it's, this is a PG podcast, but the B R face, yeah. right. The, yes. Yeah. And people sometimes realize that they have that and sometimes they don't, but you're emitting, you know, stand off. And I, I and again, it, it is what it is. I, I had one young lady came through and she said it. And I said, I have to tell you, you are very and I'm not intimidated by anyone. Right. I'm like, I'm intimidated by you. And we giggled about she was lovely. And she said, Connie, I work on it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I, she goes, when I'm concentrating, especially. So she said, I, I've been she says, I'm a work in progress. And I, I was proud of her because that's a tough one that it's your natural resting face when you're concentrating. So even when you're concentrating, you have to be mindful. So it's a muscle memory thing, right? Anything can be learned if we practice it. Yes. Yes. And that's like one of the big things that I bring over from the the world of ballet is like, you know, you're not going to overnight become a professional ballet dancer and, you know, and you're not going to have someone say, oh, Rachel, you need to point your foot more here or like twist your hips there more. And then you're just going to magically fix it. Like, no, you have to go through it multiple times until it becomes something that your brain doesn't have to actively think about your body can take care of it for you. Right. And so I think, especially with things like facial expression variation, right? Like it's not like your client needs to necessarily smile more, but what would be helpful would be her number one, becoming aware of the moments where she falls into her more kind of neutral, possibly, you know, negative facial expression and, and just light, lighten it up a bit, brighten up the face a little more, raising the eyebrows, whatever. Like it doesn't have to be a smile, but it can be a challenge for people who are struggling on any kind of video call or in-person meeting. You have so many things to think about that are critical that you have to get across in this meeting. And so having to think about your body language on top of that can feel like too much. But as you said, if, if it's ingrained in your body, your body can support you. Yeah. Little steps add up to big results. And we forget that we think that we're going to flick a switch and that's just not how the human brain works. Right. Yep. Talk to me about how does that. So the virtual sapient, right. It's an AI company, which blends that body language receptivity. You give information through the AI. How does it work? Because this is brilliant usage of AI, I think, in a super effective way for us individually to grow. It's very, very personal, I think. Yeah, yeah. So it's, um, 
our, our focus is pretty niche, right? Because I think at this point, many people are becoming familiar with the use case of AI and like, you know, verbal content oriented generative AI suggestions and feedback. And we, we're so focused on how are you as a human showing up live in this moment, right? What are the behaviors you're exhibiting that we can detect that are either going to be really helpful for you or possibly um, counter to potentially what you want to be communicating your intention. And so our AI, we have two different products, but the assessment product, which everyone um, will have a free trial of um, as a result of listening to this podcast, um, the assessment experience happens within this video simulation kind of video-based Q&A. And our AI runs in the background. It's very quiet. You don't, you know, it's running, but you don't see anything. Mm -hmm. And we're looking at things like, are you speaking? And if you're speaking, where are you looking? If you're speaking, are you using your hand gestures effectively? What is your posture like? Are you, do you have screens organized in such a way that when you're listening, you're not, you know, nodding and looking at the person on your screen when really the lens is right in front of you, right? So we're looking at things like that. We're looking at facial expression variation. So do we have a nice uh, variation in your facial expressions throughout that period of time? Or are you not changing your facial expression one way or another? Um, we look at things like vocal vocal intonation, as you mentioned, right? So again, like it's not like you always have to be like doing crazy things or, or like talking in a really high pitched voice. Like it's like, we want to avoid crazy and we want to avoid complete lack of variation. So it's a pretty sophisticated nuanced algorithm where we're looking at this sweet spot where as an individual, you can receive personalized feedback, but you can interpret it in whatever way you feel is most appropriate and authentic to you. So we're not going to, again, we're not going to tell you, you know, Connie, you really should be smiling more. You know, you smiled once and we think you should smile five times. Like that is just not helpful for anyone. Right. Right. So that's yeah. Broad, broad overview of how it works. But here's the thing too, Rach, right? It's like, we are living, I think it's such an exciting time because we have, if, if, if used correctly, right, this AI could be a brilliant resource for me to almost self-coach myself, especially if you're on Zoom a lot or on Teams a lot or, you know, whatever WebEx that your, your company might use. Um, it's, it's very important. And even salespeople now, I know we're opening up, right? COVID is kind of, we're, we're, we're aware of it, right? So we're being mindful, all those things. It's just part of our life now, if you will. So I think we see more things opening up in the world where we're doing face to face with clients, but I still see, I still do a lot with Zoom because I think the other thing with, with Zoom and Teams and COVID, we're doing more global business than just in our locale of networking locally, et cetera. So this is a skill I think everybody has to start to develop, whether you realize it or not. So let's talk about salespeople, right? Because that's the folks, they're either business owners, salespeople, but there's an element of sales in what they do every day, right? Even if it's not 100% sales. How important are nonverbals for salespeople? And, and, and number one, but number two to that kind of a part B question is, 
you know, why should they care about that body language? Like, what's the, I don't care about it. Well, what are they losing by not being mindful of this? Mm -hmm, Definitely. The, I mean, the importance of body language for anyone is who's going to be having a conversation with another human, right? Especially if that conversation is happening in a face-to-face fashion, whether that's in person or over video, right? This I consider face-to-face. Agreed. Um, is, uh, I mean, you're leaving a ton on the table in terms of your influence, right? So if I'm thinking about this podcast, right? I'm like, okay, I'm going to be having this conversation with Connie. I want to represent my authority on nonverbals. I want to represent my company in a way that is professional, interesting, innovative, and energetic, right? I want people to be excited. So if that's my intention going into this call, first of all, I need to make sure that the way I'm showing up on camera reflects my level of expertise and awareness of how you can show up really effectively on camera, right? So if I were to show up with bad lighting, you know, in a super casual t-shirt, um, it sends a very different message. And all of that can be taken in without me even having said hello. Right. So that's number one. Number two is, you know, the way that I hold myself, the way I look directly into the lens when I'm speaking specifically, you know, the, the, the way I leverage my hand gestures. These are ways that I can really demonstrate authority, confidence, composure, but also help develop trust and rapport. Right. I want you to feel like I'm talking to you, but I want all of your listeners to feel like I'm talking to them as well. And that is really powerful. Um, you don't get that in person. In person, you have to look at the person you want, you know, each in turn. On video, you can address thousands, tens of thousands of people um, simultaneously. That's pretty amazing. Again, I think this is so exciting. It's it's a tool. If we can get really good at using the tool, I think it leverages us to make more sales. And you said something that was real important. We leave money on the table. If people don't feel us, because people make decisions from an emotional perspective, not a factual perspective. You know, I, I, when I coach, I see salespeople, they vomit information at their client because they're excited. They have this great product. It's coming from this place of, of goodness. It's not a bad thing. But then you look and you go, I'm exhausted listening to you. Can you give me how it's going to affect my life? Because I'm an emotional being and I'm going to respond from this very emotional place. So if you come in with all facts and figures, I'm bored. But also, it's not going to trigger me to want to do business with you. So that body language is that energetic exchange. And again, 95% of our communication is subconscious, whether we realize it or not. And, And I think we have to tap into that. Now, my next question is, how can salespeople or even organizations that use Zoom a lot, because here's the other thing too, Rach. Yes, this is great for salespeople to perfect their body language so that we can raise the volume on the results of their sales, right? Or amplify the results. But if I'm a leader in an organization, I'm showing up when, especially if I have um, a not clients. If I have employees across the world, like my, my husband, his team, you know, they're, they're on call centers and stuff. They're across the country. He doesn't see them every day. Mm -hmm. How do you as a leader engage your team to amplify their results when they're doing zoom meetings, et cetera, with clients. So how can we leverage this virtual, in your case, the virtual, here's a tool guys, virtual sapiens, the AI, how can people truly leverage this? 
Yeah. So there are a number of ways that you can leverage our technology. I mean, the, the assessment product is like a beautiful, super easy, fun, engaging, and like gives you results, really deep results on your behaviors and the way you're showing up like immediately within five minutes of, of your time, you can get immediate results. It's amazing. And, and I mean, I would encourage everyone to go through the assessment and if you find value in it, like unlock it, um, share with your teams, like we want it to be accessible. Um, the other thing I'll mention just as a side note is that the, the way we have built the technology, I know AI can make people very nervous, understandably, but, um, we've built the technology to be very privacy first. So as a user, you're basically in your very own little private bubble. We don't record anything. So you go through an interaction, it gets analyzed and you get your results, but you, we don't store your recording. We don't send your recording or audio anywhere. Um, and your, if your manager is like, Hey, everyone take these assessments, like your manager is not going to see any of your recordings. They'll see your results if that's how it's set up, but they don't have to see any of your actual like likeness. Um, and we don't either. So it's fully private to you, but you know, the assessment is, is a fantastic little dip in the, in the lake, but, um, we have a sidekick tool as well that can be used on a call. So if I have my sidekick running, it sits on my zoom call, you know, no one has to know about it because it's just private to me. And it's like a little buddy that can remind you of some of the behaviors that maybe you're trying to build new muscle memory around. Um, and I think that's particularly powerful because a manager may say, you know, Peter, I noticed that you're really looking off to the side a lot when the prospect is talking. I might be sending the wrong message. And Peter's like, oh yeah, totally. Thanks for the reminder. And then in the next call, he's doing it again. Like a sales manager doesn't have time to repeat themselves as much as that person probably needs to hear to rewire the behavior. And so our, our tools can kind of reinforce stuff in that way as well. You know, we're human and it's it, somebody tells you something that doesn't mean you change it on a dime. It goes back to what we were saying before, right? It's a muscle memory. It's got to be practiced. Um, I remember I was training once and it was uh, off site, but it was the same group over and over, over a 10 week period. I, I did a friend a favor and the one young lady, she kept rolling her eyes. Every time I made a statement, she would roll her eyes. So I watch body language. So the second it was about a two hour commute for me to get there. Right. And to teach an hour and a half class, right. You do things for friends. But anyway, I was coming back home after that first class and it, you know, it was like 11 o'clock. I'm getting home thinking, oh yeah, she thinks she's rolling her eyes at me. I was furious. And so I said, I'm going to call her out. I'll do it respectfully, but I'm going to call her out. And if this is a problem, she doesn't want to be here then I have to verbalize that because she shouldn't have to do something that clearly makes her very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So the next class I stood next to her, I said, whatever my first comment was, and she rolled her eyes and I paused and I said, listen, I noticed last week, again, I was very respectful. I said, I noticed last week that you rolled your eyes every time I said something. I, I want everybody here to realize if you have an opposing view, let's share it. We could really uncover some cool things, but let's have a conversation about it. And she looked at me and she said, what are you talking about? And I said, you roll your eyes a lot. And I'm, I'm curious if you're disagreeing with me, if you don't agree with my perspective. And she said, I don't roll my eyes. She didn't even know it was a bad habit that she had created. And people in the room knew her. And she looked at them and she said, do I do that with clients? And they all nodded. No one had ever pointed it out. Yeah. 
And so we strategized on how to get rid of that bad habit. And I felt really, I was glad I, I'm glad I respectfully called her out, but had I not said anything, Rachel, she never would have improved that skill and how, so people avoided her because she always rolled her eyes because she had created a bad habit. So these are things that are really important because we don't know what our bodies are saying. You're not looking in the mirror every time you're talking to someone, right? Right, right. And actually, so that's an important point on video because some people, right, like we've all we've all become addicted to the self view, right, where you can see yourself in real time. We're fascinated by it. But the self view, having your self view enabled on video does not correlate with better video or Zoom presence. And so even even if you have a mirror up to you, it often takes someone else to point out these behaviors that are ingrained, right? And um, and that's why something, and, and, and I think because your body is like one of the most personal things to you, getting feedback on the way you're moving your body or not moving your body or moving your face or not moving is, is really personal, right? It can be very sensitive. And so we've had some really interesting feedback that honestly, I wasn't expecting that... Um, users have really appreciated the like objective unbiased feedback from this machine, right? They're like, I know it's not coming from a person. It's coming from a machine. That's like, you did this and you didn't do this. Here's the information, you know, do it, do with it what you will. Um, it can be really hard to sit, to, to sit and get feedback on your presence. Yes. It's personal. You're right. It is personal, but here's the thing. Isn't birth, isn't it business? Isn't life personal? So if we can improve and tweak these little things that, right, the, the AI is going to give me that feedback live, right? That little cue as I'm communicating with a client. Um, I have to be open to receive it because here's what, what could happen too. I would imagine if I'm not open to receive it and I see it as a criticism subconsciously, my energy is going to shift with the client that's in front of me. So here's here's my last question, because I think this is a brilliant tool that every organ, I think every organization that uses Zoom, Teams, whatever, should incorporate um, because it's important. This is such an important skill that can change leadership, that can change sales results, that can change, you know, that revenue, that return on investment on the back end in a simple, easy way. But you have to be open. So I would think it should be used from a practice perspective, maybe with your team before you start using it when you're live with a client, because I think it could mm-hmm. be distracting. I don't, I, I don't know. You, you're, you're the expert, right? What has the feedback been with that? Yeah. So the, the assessment tool doesn't have anything to do with live calls. Right. 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 That, that can be used ad nauseum as many times as you want. Um, as, as that training, like very, very safe practice tool. Like you can even be like, all right, in this assessment, I'm going to like go crazy with this. I'm going to really exaggerate my facial expressions and see what kind of score I get and like how weird it feels. And, or, or you can, you know, you can experiment with it. It's great that way. Cause again, no one's going to see it literally no one, not even you. <laughs> um, and, uh, but it, but it's, it starts to develop that muscle memory awareness, the sidekick, which is the option that does run during calls. Um, we, we've been very, uh, careful with the way that we provide live feedback during the call. Um, we never show more than two prompts 
And the prompts are visual icons. So we don't show any text. So you never have to read anything. So you can see like, it would almost be like someone doing a little like heart emoji or like a thumbs up or whatever, right? It's like you see the symbol and you're like, oh, um, like I was getting really close to the camera. It tells you to move back and you're like, oh, that's right. Okay. It's very obvious. Um, but you know, people can use the sidekick in what we call stealth mode. So you silence the nudges during the call as well. And that way you get the post-call analytics and feedback you can review at your leisure. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, when we met, I was so excited to learn about this tool because, you know, brilliant people like you bring this innovation forward. But what it's tangible, real-time results that you can you mm-hmm. can put into action immediately. Um, wow. Like to me, that just blows my mind because there's no downside, right? This is one of those mm-hmm. things where, oh, it takes a lot of time. Oh. But if you get those little prompts, you can easily start to shift because you're going to start seeing yourself doing it before you even doing it. It's like mm-hmm. somebody trying to stop using the ums. You have to pause I'm going to use an um, right? So I pause and then I I start my next sentence. So it's that awareness. And now I have something tangible to try, explore, practice, work on to, to move that needle of change, right? So this to me is just real time. The other thing I like though, Rachel, it's gentle. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know what you did? Mm-hmm. It's, hey, you know, maybe here's, here's a cue for you. Um, again, and I like the idea that you can do it after the call and look at the results so that you're you're done with your call. There's not, not that extra layer of stress, especially if it's a potentially important new client, right? A financially important new client um, that, that 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 software I can look at after. I, you've thought of everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, every day we seem to discover new things as well. So, <laughs> well, the AI, the evolution of the AI is exponential now. So yeah. I feel like you have a pulse on everything already. So now as the AI changes, it's it's pretty much that you just have to go in and tweak things. But I love this. I love this tool. Thank you. We're out of time. Thank you for being on. I want to share, guys. I, I can't imagine that you're not intrigued by this. I mean, she blew my mind when we met uh, in a networking thing or someone introduced us. I don't even remember LinkedIn. I don't even remember mm-hmm. how we met. But when she started talking, I was like, wait, what? I think I asked you a bazillion questions because it was so fascinating to have this real life tool that's tangible, immediate. And now I can, I can have action based on the feedback in a very gentle way. Like there's no downside to this. So go to the website, which is virtualsapiens.co. If you have a question specific for Rachel, please email her at rachel at virtualsapiens.co. Again, I will put all of these links in the show notes. And the last one is her gifts for the assessment tool. Now, again, just one more time what that is. I'll put the link in the show notes, but just explain what that is because I want everybody to click on it. How do you not click on this tool? So go ahead, Rach. What, did they, what will they get? Yeah. So this, um, the link that you'll provide, Connie, uh, will provide people with an opportunity to open an account for an assessment, you'll run through, you'll get to run through the full assessment experience, which is just a very simple browser-based video Q&A. Like you'll see me on the other end, but it's, it's pre-recorded. But again, it's that practice environment. Um, and then immediately after that three question and answer experience, you click submit and you'll get the high level results, um, 
in terms of our communication categories. So framing, authority, impression, perceived trustworthiness, uh, energy and expression, and um, first impression. And then, you know, we, we give some details and then other details you can always just unlock at your leisure. I, this is amazing. And every leader out there, I think, should be doing this, using, using this tool, taking the assessment. But I would also bring my employees into the game because sometimes we say things and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like mom with the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard it all before. Um, this could be a wonderful tool for them to actually see and get feedback that validates everything you're trying to do, right? Sometimes it just takes another voice or another mm-hmm. perspective for someone to go, oh, I, I do do that, right? So um, again, brilliant tool. Thank you so much, Rach, for being on, sharing, and for creating. What a journey for you, too, just, to, just as a little sub, sub note here, to understand that expressiveness through the ballet and bringing that over to business. Um, just what a cool journey and a cool story uh, that, that's wonderful for what, you, what you've created as well. It gives depth, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, I like that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you again for being just such a great guest and keep on rocking that innovation, baby. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Yes. Uh, yeah, the, just more to come. We're going to re, we're going to reiterate your tool. I'm sure just because the AI environment is, is changing exponentially and you're on it. So everybody know that you, the versions might upgrade, but the tool is basically going to be the same. So, uh, real time, real, real feedback, which I think is super useful and then applicable immediately. You can apply it into your real life. Um, thanks again, Rach, for being on and thank you for joining us. And I hope you tune in weekly as we question, build and discover together, no matter where you are on your journey of business, sales, career. I really hope that my guests and I and the tools that they provide, like Rachel shared with us today, I really hope it helps you move the needle of whatever you're trying to change in your sales game, um, you know, from whatever perspective. So thank you again for tuning in to Changing the Sales Game with me, your host, Connie Whitman on webtalkradio.net. I wish you an inspired week filled with change that you choose and control. And today, I hopefully, uh, Rachel's resource provides that opportunity for you to take this valuable information and actually applying it immediately. And I promise you, when you put things into action, the result will be amazing. So again, I wish you an inspired week full of wonderful change. I will see you next week. I love that you join me weekly and I love you all. Have a great one, everybody. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow.